It's your boy Tommy via Raw Sex, and we're gonna jump right into it. And this episode, uh, just you know, something I was thinking about. So let me ask you a question, right? And this—I mean, you don't have to have kids to understand this. I don't—I don't have kids. If you, it, okay, let me just ask. So if you have—if you're walking with your son, right, or your daughter, whatever, you're walking with them somewhere. And a man approaches you guys and offers you, or, well, offers you, but to give to your child some candy, right? Or a brownie or something. Some type of sweet thing. And something about the man's vibe, something, let's say the candy is clearly, like, homemade. Like, it's not like he's trying to hide it from being homemade, either. It just, that's what it is. It's homemade candy or something like that. And there's just something about it that makes you feel like, I don't think this is candy. I think this is some type of poison or something along those lines, right? Let me ask you something seriously, right? What is what most people would do? What would you do in that situation? While you have something in your instinct telling you, this ain't just, it's something behind this. Now, even, the, even if the... It, you don't think it's poison or it has razors in it. Um, that that happened actually when I was a child. Some some uh, Halloween they gave a girl an apple and it, had, it was full of razors and it cut up her whole mouth. Um, or it it could be a drug induced candy. It could just be like you know once you reach for the candy he might snatch somebody. Uh, so I don't know. But just something about this man's vibe. Your instincts tell you don't do not eat the candy. Right? Don't eat the candy. Blah, 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 right or wrong, right? Okay, so peep game, right? Let me ask you a serious question. What would you do? Most people would say, well, I wouldn't take the candy. You know, some people would even go a further step and think they done did something by saying, I'd expose him, I'd tell him, I know that candy ain't no good. You know, even though you really don't know, but you just, you know, you really strongly feel a conviction in your spirit telling you, like, do not take that candy or definitely just don't feed it to your child. However, when you think about it, right, and some people would disagree with me on what I'm about to say, and I would always be open to any argument. Unfortunately, you can't argue with me, ha ha ha, because it's a podcast <laughs> and it's not live. Ha ha ha. There's no, there's no comment section. Ha ha ha. Go argue with your mother. So look, check this out. Anyways, you would tell, you would say that you you should take the candy, right or wrong, right? I mean, not take the candy. Excuse me. That you should tell him no thanks and keep it moving, right? Or, or that you would take the candy. No. Or, I mean, excuse me. Or you would tell him no. I know that that candy is no good. You look like you're up to no good. No. But at the end of the day, no matter what you think you should do, the truest answer is this. You should take the candy. Yeah. You take the candy, and if you really feel that strongly in your spirit, because it's just candy. I mean, you don't need it. Your kids definitely don't need it. You throw it away. Why is that? Why would you do that? Why would you take the candy from this man, knowing you ain't going to eat it anyway? Because you think it's poison. That's why. That's why you should take the candy. Somebody say, Tommy, what are you talking about? Why are you, are you just rambling, man? Are you just here to waste my time? No, I'm not. If we learn how to preserve, if, if we stop thinking about just preserving ourselves and think about the preservation of others, we will naturally in the process preserve ourselves. You take the candy. You throw it away. Okay? 
because you have a weird instinct that this candy is poison. Why would you just say no and keep walking? If you really believe in your heart to the point where you would not allow your child to eat this candy or this brownie or even yourself eat this candy or this brownie or you don't take it for your wife, you wouldn't take it for nobody around you, right? Why would you let him keep walking around with that candy in his hand to go give it to somebody else? See, if you take the candy... Smile in his face. Okay, yeah, yeah, thank you. And walk around the corner, dump it in the trash where it belongs, right? You not only preserved yourself and your family and your kid, but you also probably just looked out for someone else. Matter of fact, you should say, hey, sir, do you have any more candy on you? He said, yes, I have. You said, how much do you how much do you want for all of that candy right there in that little box? You got? He said, just five dollars. You buy the whole box and you throw it away because for some reason you and this is this is where the spirit of discernment comes in. Because if you have the spirit of discernment, if you, you know, like the true spirit of discernment, and you walk in really in faith in the Holy Spirit, then you'll know, like, if you're just being a weirdo falling into this new weird world that just thinks everybody is a weirdo, that makes you a weirdo as well. I mean, if you think everybody's a weirdo, you're, a weird, you're probably weird too, right? Um, so, like, you'll know, like, nah, my stomach is telling me there's something off about this guy and his candy. Oh, that means there is something off about this guy and his candy. I mean, for all you know, you could probably get his name or take a picture of him, take a picture with him, you know, make him feel good, go home, find some type of way to test the candy, find out, oh, he really did poison his candy. Or he put razors in it, or it has weed in it, or fentanyl, or something in it, right? And then you could then help spread the message. I feel like the what I'm talking about is not candy. I'm talking about, metaphorically speaking, I feel like when we look out to protect ourselves, right, we leave everybody else, you know, I think the word is susceptible or something like that, to being devoured and harmed. So if you were to just do what most people in their natural instinct would do, which don't get it twisted. If you, in your natural instinct, feel like you would not have been the type of person to look out for other people, it doesn't mean you're selfish. I mean, we all just live in this world where it's like, hey, to each his own, you know, doggy dog world. Like, I think it's a natural thing. I think naturally the average person, if they really felt like there was poison in that candy, they would just, you know, probably at the bare minimum, they would just say no and keep walking at the most they would do is probably go like around the area and be like, hey, you know, I don't think you guys should take any candy. If an old man walks up to you and offers it to you, if this old white guy, he's wearing a black hoodie. If he offers you candy, don't take it. Right. But by the time you did that, what if he done gave it to somebody else? How would you feel if you woke up tomorrow morning knowing what you felt? Your son is still alive, but your next door neighbor's son, who might be your son's best friend, is dead because he ate the candy that you didn't take from him. He only had one piece of candy. You didn't take it. You know, it's not about candy. This message is just a metaphor. I mean, you could take it literally if you want to. I mean, whatever. I don't know. I don't have not anybody walk up to me and offer me candy lately. At the same time, I don't walk around with children. But it's not about just children. It's not just about your wife or your husband or your best friend or even yourself. It's just a mentality. I want you, and what I'm trying to get you to understand is just start to think a little bit more. If you think outside the box of self-preservation, there will be things in you that will start to change. The mechanisms of your way of looking at life and dealing with certain situations will start to change. So next time you're in a situation like that, you will think about other people as well. And because you think about other people, you will do something differently. 
because you're not just even thinking about yourself. Once again, like I said, the preservation of others is also the preservation of self. This goes back to the ultimate commandment to love thy neighbor like you love yourself. I mean, just think about it, right? And and I even... I don't want to go too much in detail, but I'll just say this. You'll have two significant others, and the best way for them to love each other is not for them to look out for themselves and, what well, I want this and I want that. If I serve you and you serve me, we both walk away happy. Simple as that. That is the best form of love. It is not... I serve myself and you serve yourself and then we just coexist within this serving. No, if I literally do everything I know makes you happy, as long as it isn't, you know, you know, it's, it's not something obviously immoral and you do everything that makes me happy, right? Then we both walk away happy. Because at the end of the day, obviously I'm looking towards you to make me happy. That's why I married you. That's why I asked you to be my girlfriend or vice versa. You know, that's why you asked him to be your boyfriend or that's why you said yes to his engagement. At the end of the day, these are, this is how you look out for the world is stop thinking about yourself. Stop thinking about well, just me and my kids ain't going to eat this candy. I don't want nobody's kids to eat this candy. If I don't want my kids to eat this candy, then nobody's kids should eat this candy. You see what I'm saying? This is this this will this will shake up a lot of people's worlds if they really look beyond just the basics of this candy thing. And, and maybe I should have came with a different thing. But y'all know me when I'm just ready to go. I just pick up my phone, turn on anchor and just start recording. But at the same time, it's just like I want you to think if if, if how I, I guarantee you, if I was to walk through the streets of Atlanta or any major city and just ask that question to people, how most of them would say, oh, I would just say no. But what about the next person who won't say no, who probably don't have the spirit you have, who probably wasn't even thinking, they're on the phone, you know, these days everybody's so fast-paced, okay, yeah, thanks, 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 uh, here, 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 son, they give their son the cannon and they wonder why two days later he dropped dead or he's sick or, you know, he started to develop a cancer or something crazy and they don't know, they done handed their son a death trap, but really... You could have prevented it, but you were only looking out for yourself. You did have it in your spirit that that candy was no good. So what you should have did was you should have made sure that that candy, however you did that, whether you just take the candy, you, I don't know, whatever, but you need to, if you really felt that way, you make sure don't nobody get none of this candy until we know for a fact that maybe I'm just tripping. I'm not finna be just looking out for my son. I gotta look out for everybody's son. And if we all doing that, and we, I mean, we have actually an easier job. It's hard to be selfish. People don't realize how hard it is to be selfish. Like, okay, for example, women, right, this new independent woman thing. Have you noticed that the women's life expectancy has dropped significantly? Why? But it is not easy to live an independent life. It sounds good. Like, yeah, I take care of myself. I got what I got. Ooh, look at me. Until you're literally... Don't have no time for your kids. I just talked to one of the homegirls today who told me she don't got time for her kids. Why? She chose the independent life. Now, she didn't say it like that, but that's the truth. She did. You know, I'm not going to sit here and act like her circumstances were just perfect. No, but at the end of the day, sin led her to those unfortunate circumstances, just like it led me to some unfortunate circumstances, just like it's going to keep leading some of y'all to unfortunate circumstances. But think about it this way. Independence is a form of selfishness, right? You're looking out for yourself. I'm going to get me right. I'm going to get me right. And what did it do? It made your life harder. Am I right or wrong? Because now you got to pay all the bills. You, meaning that, you have to work harder. 
Meaning, you don't have any time to serve the Lord. You don't have any time to spend with your family. You don't have any time to spend with yourself since you want to be so selfish. Like, and, 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 and it's that that mentality leads us to being drained. It doesn't help us in any form or fashion. So if we were to look out for each other more, I mean, just think about it this way, bro. You drive through the average neighborhood these days, bro. Don't nobody even know each other, bro. Back in the days, they knew each other. So what ends up happening is you got people that can go and say, you know what? We don't got no sugar, but I know Miss uh, Miss Janina down the street. She got some sugar. Go get some sugar for her. And you know what? Bring her some of this rice. Cause I know she ain't got no rice. So guess what happens now? Now, you don't got to go to the store and buy sugar. And she don't got to go to the store and buy rice. Win, win. You win. Like, looking out. For other people and putting yourself in a mind state of it's not just about me. If I live my life looking out for the next man and if we all were to do this, then we have less tasks. I've talked about before how a lot of these parents have this mentality. Oh, well, I'm not giving my kids anything. I had to work for it, so they got to work for it too. It's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. What is the point of life if I can't leave behind nothing and I make you have to go through the same struggles I made it out of? Then I get that they're trying to teach their kids work ethic and all this other stuff, but what was really the point if when you finally got to this place, you made your kid's life just as hard as yours? Then you wonder why now your son, who grew up pretty decent, is 27, 29, and don't have nothing. You you forget he don't even he ain't even had the same childhood you had. How you gonna now tell him at eighteen? Oh, sorry, son, I can't get you a car. When I was eighteen, and nobody got me no car. You ain't talking to a kid that grew up in a project like you did. You talking to a kid that grew up in a nice home around other people in nice homes, and now you telling him at eighteen, oh, you're on your own, son. Sorry, you gotta be a man. That is stupid. It's it, it causes a redundant cycle. Some kids break out of it. Eight out of ten of them, they finna end up what y'all would call losers, bums, people who don't know where they're going in life. The whole point of this thing is to make it easier for the next man. Jesus Christ came and made it easier for the next man. Let me read to you what it, what it, uh. Let me read you something right here real quick. Hold on. Let me read to y'all something right quick. Let me show you something. I'm gonna go to I think it's John chapter four. Talking about Samaritan uh that Samaritan woman. He say He said, I sent you to reap what you didn't labor for. Others have labored and you have benefited from their labor. So like that's what I'm saying. I'll do the work so you don't have to do the work. You do the work, so I don't have to do the work. Scratch my back, I scratch yours. I literally stopped a whole bunch of kids from dying because I had it in my spirit that this candy was bad. Or I could just look out for my son, right? Then And then here was crazy. Let's, let's look at the ripple effects of that selfishness. Now your son grew up with no friends. He grew up all weird depressed he ended up killing himself or on drugs or in jail or just walking through life milling through life mindlessly why because you let all these kids die because you only looked out for your son you knew that candy was messed up. You could see it in that guy's eyes that something was wrong with him. You seen his spirit. You thought it was weird. What is he even doing here? He ain't got we had a park. He ain't got no kids. Why is he here? 
Why is he here? Walking around with candy. For what? You knew something was wrong. But you just, all you cared about was, well, no, nah, my kid ain't gonna eat that candy. Then you, your second brain, well, maybe my wife won't. No, nah, she ain't gonna eat it either. But you could have took the candy, threw it away. You could have told the guy, hey, man, you got to leave, bro. You can't be here. Something to have prevented this. But instead, all you did is look out for just you and yours. Then here's what's so crazy. All of us do these type of things, including myself, right? We're all guilty of, of this way of thinking. And then we get mad when somebody don't look out for us. Then when your son messed up somewhere, somebody say, you say, hey, man, did you know that this was going on? Why you ain't do nothing to stop it then? But how many times did you know something was going on and you ain't do nothing to stop it? And now somebody laying there hurt. Somebody done drowned in this pool. Somebody done caught this sickness. You knew that pool was dirty. You didn't let your son go in the pool. Why you ain't put a big sign? Hey, y'all, they ain't cleaned the pool in a couple of days. If I was you, I'd stay out this pool. At least do your part. So that way, if somebody want to go out there and still get in that pool, I mean, you did your job. You see, so I'm not going to beat your head up too much, but I just want all of us to try to get into a mentality where we look out and we preserve others. Because once again, when you preserve others, you naturally preserve yourself anyway. But what about the next man? What about the next woman? What about the next child? What about the next elderly person? Huh? What about that? What about them? Or do they not matter? Only you and yours matter. But don't be mad when yours don't matter to nobody else. That's why you live in these neighborhoods now and you don't even know your What's your neighbor's name? Half of y'all listening right now cannot name your neighbor's name. Tell me what they do for a living. You don't even know. And this puts us at more danger. Now we live next to people we don't even know. We don't know who these people are. We're forced into a state of selfishness. Through our fears of being labeled a pedophile or a weirdo or a creep or a stalker, we're forced into that. So then we'll see some kids in a weird situation, but even out of fear, let's talk about that. We won't say, hey, get in my car right quick. Where y'all live? Y'all don't y'all ain't y'all uh don't y'all live on this on the corner of the house right here? We scared because if somebody drive by and see us doing that, what's that gonna look like? So the, the world now becomes so selfish, is it's it, we don't even call it selfishness, but we don't even realize we don't even call it selfishness. We call it, nah, bro, you know it's not like that no more, bro. You know you can't just pick somebody's kids up. Yeah, but when they're dead and somebody says, Hey, that guy drove by, did you see anything? Somebody said, Dang, bro, you so you knew my kids out here like that, and this this man was driving around a minivan, why you ain't pick him up? Well, come on, bro, what it would it look like if I would have picked him up? And then you didn't know. That there was a guy driving around kidnapping kids. You would just think I was a weirdo picking your kids up, right? So now it's it's beyond even selfish on some. I don't know. I can't look out for no. It's it's to the point where you force to be selfish. You force, and and it's like the only way we could break this is to break it. We can't ask to break it. A few of us can't do it, while the other rest of us. No, we all have to come together and say, "No, nah, man, it's not. I can't be like that no more." Go to your neighbor house, ring that door, right? Look, bro. My name is such and such. I go to school here. I live over there. This is what I do for a living. I'm a Christian. Uh, I go to church on Sundays. I like to eat these type of foods. What about you? Straight up. We don't even know who we live next to no more. 
See, when I was growing up, but my neighbors could, if they seen something weird going on, which in my neighborhood, we had a kidnapper. We were on the news and everything. They would have picked us up. Even if it was a neighborhood, we don't even know, but we just know of their face. Like, oh, I know she lived down the street. They would have picked us up. And our parents would have thanked them, not been like, well, what are you doing, you weirdo? Like these nowadays, we're, we are, we've been, they, that's why they put so much fear in us. Oh, all men are creeps. You can't, oh, the men are rapists. They put so much fear into you. Oh, if you were talking to your kids, he's probably trying to, like, uh, I was, I was, matter of fact, the same homegirl just telling you about. We were talking one time about a janitor at her kid's school. And they were talking about how he creepy because he was talking to the kids. I'm like, man, he worked there. And I wanted to try to like defend him, even though I've never met him. I don't know. But it's just like, this is the world we live in now. They've put fear in us. Oh, old white man, he's got to be a pedophile. Oh, uh, this woman, she's got to be a hoe trying to use you for your money. Oh, she's going to set you up to get robbed. So now we don't help nobody no more. Hitchhiking, that's dead. We won't pick nobody up on the side of the road no more. We don't know what they're going to do to us. What are they going to do? Sit there and be thankful for a ride down the street. Like, we don't do nothing for nobody no more. We don't help nobody no more. Everybody's on their own. We're in a world full of people and we're still alone. We ain't got no help. Can't turn to nobody for nothing. You don't trust me. I don't trust you. This distrust is really a lack of trust in God. I trust God to know that he ain't going to put nobody in my car. I just pick. I ain't going to tell you what I did because I don't feel like it's my... I shouldn't have to tell y'all what I did, but I picked somebody up the other day. You want to know where I'm at right now? Safe and alive. That person got a blessing. Nobody want to pick him up. Why? Because they scared. What if he do something to me? What can he do to me? Do you see what fear and insecurity is doing to us as a human race? Do you see what selfishness is doing to us as a human race? Do you see what pain and bitterness and resentment is doing to us as a human race? It, it makes us not want to help people because we don't know what they're going to do. I don't know, man. I would walk up to him or I would invite him over to my car and give him some money. But what if he grabs me out of the car? Shut up, dude. And it's like, if you think like that about people, why, what should I think about you? You don't trust me. Why should I trust you? Who are you? Why are you thinking stuff like that? Have you ever had it happen to you before? Who told you that that's what's going to happen to you if you call somebody over to your car that's standing there asking for money? Who told you that if you open a door and somebody is ringing it that you're going to get kidnapped and killed? Who told you that? Because you ain't never seen it. You ain't never. You don't even know nobody that just happened to. Who told you that? Some of y'all would even if you was homeless walking down the highway, you wouldn't even take a ride right now because you fear that you won't get raped. Why are you fear? You the broke one walking down the highway. Some of y'all let the internet and these people who might have been, had their trust broken, project to y'all what they've been through and you just like, well, nope, 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 nope. And then after a while, you just said no so many times, you don't have nothing. You have, you have now said no to no to everything you have now said no to everything something don't even feel wrong to you but because some tv show or some movie or some instagram person or some feminist somewhere told you that you just say no and now you wonder why you don't have nothing why you have no one that you can turn to not even your own family nobody's ever done nothing to you 
But you say, no, 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 no. It starts off with just, you know, no's that kind of do make sense, I guess, like getting in a stranger's car. Yeah. But the next thing you know, nobody gets helped. How many people live in a big house or a decent sized house all by themselves? Would they take a homeless person in and move them in for a month or two, shower them up, take them to a temp agency, get them a job? No. Why? Not because they're not loving people, not because they don't want to see homeless people do good, but because they're scared that he's going to steal something. They're scared that he's going to rape them or she going she gonna to set them up or something like that. Y'all got to stop being like that, man. It's your boy Tommy Villa, Raw Sex, and I'm out.